0: Fizz, fizz. <laughs> Let's go. Hello to you and welcome back to the Fit Fizz podcast. I never meant to be gone for so long for so many weeks, but paying priorities had to come first. And I am glad you're here. I'm happy to be back. I'm pumped to bring you a series on mindset and behavior change. We're going to explore a lot of different ways that the mind works and how our thoughts are what create our feelings and how that creates our actions and our behaviors, both good and bad. In in case you're new to the show. I'm Kelly Wilson. I am the owner of FitFitStudio.com, and I am a personal trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I am here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intended to diagnose, treat. Cure, heal, or prescribe. All right. This is an important series because so much of what's involved in fitness, nutrition, and changing any habits surrounding those things is very hard to do. And for some people, it can feel harder than others. Why is that? Well, it really all comes down to mindset as well as our personal experiences that impact our mindset. And if you're a listener of this podcast, number one, thank you. And number 2, you're the kind of person who I know is intelligent, cares about your health, cares about doing better in all areas of life and you're trying to be a better person all around. So not only will this series pertain to your habits in regards to fitness or finding ways to eat healthier, but this information, this whole series is going to carry over into just about every aspect of life and After this series, we'll get back to more topics on how nutrition impacts energy and health, but without... Being in the right frame of mind or having the right behaviors to make you feel good about yourself—all that stuff about nutrition or weight loss and nutrition, uh, <laughs> nutrition or weight loss or fitness—none of that stuff matters. And that's why I always like to remind you of that too. That's why it all ties together. That's why I'm not sitting here t- telling you how to get a six-pack because it goes so much deeper. So. I am going to share some of my experiences that I've had the last few years with my own personal growth mentally. And in my opinion, it's kind of gone full throttle, not just to sound like I'm bragging, but I think my personal growth over the last four to five years has been exponentially bigger than I ever could have imagined. And a lot of that is because I made a very conscious effort to, when I was in the midst of my autoimmune stuff, you know, my life was, it just felt like everything was crashing around me. I lost my job. I lost my health. Everything was a wreck. So I'm, it was a very conscious effort to dig deep in finding out why I had certain repeated patterns and really investigating my own behaviors, mostly the ones that I really hated about myself and the ones that I knew were holding me back. And that's not to say that I'm done. I really feel that I've only just begun. Who knows, maybe three years from now, I might look back at these episodes and think, oh, honey, you still didn't even know what you were doing. But for now, I think I have some insightful things to share with you. I've also coached some clients on these things in the past couple of years, and I've seen them make progress, huge progress in having mindset breakthroughs in their lives as a whole. The Mindset breakthroughs, while we're training that impact their lives as a whole, which it just has lasting positive effects all around how they approach fitness and training and relationships with their bodies and food. So like I said, it's really all related. So let's dig into people pleasing. Now, Women are unfortunately more socially conditioned to be people pleasers from the time they are very young girls, more more so than boys typically are. But huge shout out to all of the young parents out there who I see doing the hard work to change this harmful cycle for the next generation. I see it and I truly love to see it. Now, if you're a man who's listening right now and maybe you don't have a problem with being a people pleaser, women too. Uh, that is great if you don't have that problem, but that doesn't mean you should skip this episode. Quite the opposite. You all need to keep listening too, because it will help you to better understand people in your life, co-workers, friends, family, anyone that you interact with. I guarantee you spend time with some people pleasers on some level, even if you've never really pinpointed it as that. So For others of you listening, you might already know that you are a people pleaser, but maybe you're not sure what to do about it. And others of you out there might not have ever thought about it. So keep listening to find out exactly what it means to be a people pleaser. So think about traditional heteronormative social conditioning. When I was a kid and generations before mine, it was very normal for little boys to get an emphasis on things that they outwardly achieve. Like, look at him. He's so fast. He's so strong. But with little girls, it's oftentimes focused on their inner being. Like, oh, look at her being so nice. That wasn't very nice. Go apologize or go give your uncle a hug. When maybe sometimes it was pretty clear that maybe she didn't want to give someone a hug. A lot of us were encouraged to be self-abandoning in these ways. We got positive feedback for overgiving, for sacrificing bodily autonomy and things like that. And maybe you still experience this currently as an adult. I'm quite vocal about how these things are no longer socially acceptable because they don't enable young kids to feel like they have bodily autonomy which certainly sets them up for not only being people pleasers throughout life, but it also sets people up to grow detached from their bodies and their feelings. And when that happens over years and over decades, it most certainly sets people up for experiencing more trauma or danger, not knowing how to leave abusive relationships, not knowing how to stand up for themselves if they are sexually harassed or verbally harassed. And as I've talked about many times, these things absolutely cause an overload on the nervous system, which then sets people up for being at much higher risk for autoimmune diseases down the road. So that's a huge reason why people-pleasing is just purely unhealthy, not just for your state of mind, but it can, it can heighten your risk for diseases. The people-pleasing tendencies, no matter what age they develop, they are fear-based. Now, whether it's instilled from relatives, teachers, friends, or instilled by ourselves, it develops when there are circumstances that prove to us that we get more validation and therefore therefore more love when we put others first, even if it's at the expense of our own values, boundaries, convenience, morals, comfort, or safety. It's a belief system. that sometimes sneakily develops. And most people don't even realize it or they're not willing to admit it to themselves unless or until it gets so bad or so out of control that people are forced to reevaluate their life choices like I was. And with people like me, I didn't even see it. And no one had this kind of talk with me to explain it. So that's why I'm doing it for you. But for myself, I didn't even see how much of a people pleaser and lacking boundaries around it was causing me to have all sorts of problems in life that created a painful amount of emotional grief. And I was doing it totally out of fear, fear of not being enough, because patterns in my life had re- reinforced this idea that I was not enough. And if I didn't do certain things for approval or to make other people happy, it was a, it was a belief system that had somehow taken over. It was starting to run my life at times, and I didn't even know it. So what does people pleasing look like? If you've ever stopped to ask yourself this, uh, there are all kinds of answers. So let's talk about some examples. So one very common thing for me and my former, former people pleasing tendencies is I have a fear of dogs. Yes, I know many of you think that I'm super weird for that. But part of me learning to stop being a people pleaser was learning to stop apologizing for this. No matter how many times people will say insensitive things like, what? You can't be scared of dogs. Oh my gosh, that's so weird. Or he won't bite you. He's really friendly. Or oh, don't be scared of a dog. Just pet him. I cannot even tell you how many times I've heard things like this and people just dismiss it as being a real fear. And there were countless times in my life where I'd play along. Now, I have a legitimate fear of dogs. I would go as far as to call it a phobia my whole life. And people always want to know why, like, how did that happen in your life? So as a reformed people pleaser, in case you're wondering why I'm scared of dogs, I'm not going to explain why. I'm simply not. I'm sick of explaining it and I don't need to tell you in order for you to wrap your mind around the f- the f- simple fact that I am scared of dogs. Now, maybe that's something you've never encountered before, but there it is. Now, the former me would have absolutely been like, OK, here are all the reasons why I'm scared of dogs. And I would have felt super uncomfortable the whole time and, you know, bracing myself for the inevitable, like, overreaction of the person I'm talking to who loves dogs and refuses to comprehend it. Um, But, you know, there are still some times now where I will gladly explain it to somebody in my inner circle that I have already built trust with. But I'm not explaining it to strangers. And the number of times throughout life that I forced myself to try to act like I was not having a sheer panic attack inside, being at people's houses if they had a dog, people pleasing. I cringe at my past self for doing that. I was such a people pleaser that there was a point in life where I paid a hypnotist to try to hypnotize it out of me because I cared so. I carried so much shame because of the way that. Other people reacted to me when I said I was scared of dogs. I'm disgusted with myself that I didn't even value myself enough to not even consider paying for that. Now, as a reformed people pleaser, if someone wants me to be someplace where there is a dog, I will unapologetically say, I'm scared of dogs. I won't be there. The end. So I have a firm enough boundary now that if they start to attempt to convince me otherwise, also invalidating my reality, which I really don't appreciate, then I know they are someone I cannot trust because they didn't even really hear what I just said. And I will let them know that. Now, some people might say, oh, no, that's so rude. I could never just tell that to somebody. We have to be nicer. Nicer for what? For somebody else's comfort? No. That is how we are socially conditioned in a way that affects our nervous system, which leads to autoimmune disease. I am dead serious. This is backed by science. You can even refer to some of my other episodes, uh, the trauma series that I did for more information on how this is all linked. So people pleasing is often based in this false idea that we need to be nice. I don't remember where I heard this, but... uh, One of the trauma experts who I regularly learn from taught that being nice is not being kind. And it also kind of makes you a liar. So have you ever thought about this? Being nice is often about a facade, even if it's at the expense of your own comfort. So that's why it can make somebody a liar. Being kind is done with authenticity, with realness, with honesty. So let me give you an example of that. If I were to go to someone else's house, and if I knew they had a dog and I have to act like I'm not scared, even when I am, and then, you know, they predictably say, oh, don't be scared. They can, dogs can sense it as if I can just turn it off, which I can't just turn off this fear. This is very deep. Um, so even if I could turn it off, that is not being kind to myself or to the dog or to the dog's owner. So if the other person gets weird about it, if I'm just honest and say, no, thank you, I'm not going, I'm scared of dogs, that way I have been kind to everybody. And that's their problem if they don't like it. So here's another very specific example of people pleasing. You're all going to, you're going to either relate or, you know, you're going to think of somebody right away. Apologizing all the freaking time. It has to stop. Now, I know a lot of women who are into self-development are actively working very hard to break this problematic behavior pattern. I am too. I think I've improved a lot. But excessive apologizing is people-pleasing. I used to way, way, way over-apologize because I think subconsciously, I thought if I could just apologize enough, the horrible internal feelings would go away. But it, it never did. And I worked really hard at changing all of this, but even still being surrounded, I'm still surrounded by others who do it all the time. But the success of apologizing develops out of fear. It's all people pleasing, it's all related. Fear that someone will be mad or think we are rude or inconsiderate, worried about what other people think because we don't feel like we are enough as we are. And once again, this is more of a problem with women than with men. I really started to note. Know- The things that uh, men will do, not all men, but that men will do and not apologize for, that women most definitely would have apologized for. I noticed this kind of thing a lot. I recently had my heart broken, it was extremely painful. And this is part of the reason I had not put out episodes for quite a long time. And when I confronted this person about the ways he had hurt me, which were pretty deep and a pretty lengthy list of things. Uh, Not once did he apologize. He was full of being the victim. He was full of excuses, but not a single apology until about six weeks later when I pointed it out to him. But anyway, getting to those of us who were conditioned to over-apologize when it's not totally necessary, start trying to break these people-pleasing tendencies. It's time to take back your power. So consider it a form of self-care. We hear about self-care all the time. Not apologizing, not being a people-pleaser can most certainly be self-care. Start to notice every time you say, I'm sorry. And ask yourself, is it truly necessary to say, I'm sorry? Or am I just saying it out of habit? Notice that I am not asking you to ask yourself if you really mean saying I'm sorry, because people pleasers will definitely say, oh, yes, I mean it every time. And they most certainly do. But that's just the fear talking. So Things to stop apologizing for, just some examples while we're talking about it. Stop apologizing for things like showing up three minutes late for a meeting for work when somebody else is literally literally late every single time and it's the same people in the meeting every single time, there is no need to apologize. Show up or change your apologies to thank yous. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm so, so, so sorry I'm late, change it to thank you for waiting for me. Um, stop apologizing for not wearing makeup it's your face. It's who you are. This is something I've worked really hard on the past couple of years. You are no less worthy of being in someone's presence because you are in your natural state. Think about how ridiculous that sounds. Fear-based, people-pleasing, a total waste of energy because you are worthy of taking up space in your natural state no matter what. Maybe it's chores around the house when you're already thoroughly exhausted because of X, Y, and Z going on in life. Whoever you're apologizing to probably already knows that you're exhausted and therefore there is no reason to apologize. Save yourself that little smidge of energy by not uttering the words, I'm sorry. Now, if there's a circumstance where you totally did let somebody down by not doing something that you promised to do, then maybe an apology is still necessary. But if you're apologizing because you you didn't wipe off the countertop when nobody even expected it, stop apologizing. People pleasing is bad for our soul. It really is. It disturbs your peace. It's an energy zapper. And oh, believe me, I say this every episode. I learned it the hard way but I definitely know for a fact now it is an energy zapper. So what else does people pleasing look like? Saying I'm sorry for crying, saying I'm sorry for being mad, apologizing for your emotions. This was another big one for me. I have had to work hard to break this people pleasing habit as well. I have big emotions. I feel deeply. Sometimes people react strangely to that. (laughs) Um, People throughout my life, it's been very common that people have made me feel less than for having these big emotions. So it's become a defense mechanism as a fear-based attempt to not feel like the world was against me. I started apologizing for crying or for being mad or mad or hurt or depressed or anything less than happy, really, until I got sick of it. And the resentment built up so much for simply not being able to just be And I began to realize this was a codependent, fear-based, trauma-based, people-pleasing issue that needed to change. Now, all of these things about mindset, mindset aren't really, I'm not giving you concrete solutions. I wish that I could, but... Those have to come from within yourself when you're ready. If you're hearing this stuff and you're rolling your eyes, like, whatever, Kelly, you're full of it, that's okay. You simply are not ready to make these types of mindset changes. And it can't be forced, it's really okay. So when I started to make these changes for myself a few years ago, I had already been through decades of denial. But when I was ready, I was really ready. And suddenly, I couldn't get enough of this kind of thing. So, if you're picking up what I'm putting down right now, I am thrilled that you are ready. And honestly, like any, any epiphanies that you're having throughout the show, I would love to hear about it. Find me on social media. Um, okay, let's get back to more examples of people pleasing. What does it look like? Do you say yes when you really want to say no? I'll give you an example of this relating to fitness and the gym. Now, I've been on Facebook since 2003, I think, and. I've never really been the type to always post like workout videos or gym videos or things like that. I have my reasons. But between the years of let's say roughly 2006 to 2012 when suddenly it felt like everyone was on, on Facebook and getting on there all the time, I would talk about the gym or training and it became very easy for people to say things to me like, "Oh, I want to work out with you. I want to go to the gym with you." Because and because I was a people pleaser, I did not have the self-awareness or the confidence to say no. Even though as an introvert, I strongly prefer to train alone. And as I've said on other episodes, if I train with friends, it has to be in addition to my regular training, not along with my regular training, because I don't like small talk. I don't want to hear how has your week been. I like to be in my head when I'm training. I like to focus. I keep my rest time short. When you train with friends, it can take it it takes up a lot more time. Inevitably, you end up chatting, spending way too long between sets. It's just not my thing. So anyway, being the people pleaser that I was, I wouldn't say yes, but I also wouldn't say no. Instead, I would internalize it, stay stressed out. I would develop anxiety over the fact that somebody asked to go to the gym with me. And I, all this time, I was trying to find this genuine desire within myself to want to be excited to spend time at the gym with a friend. But I never found that. In theory, it's great, but in reality, it robs me of my training time. And I don't, I'm just not the type of person who wants a gym buddy ever really. But because I was a people pleaser who'd also been sent signals my whole life that being an introvert, was somehow inherently a bad thing to be, it really caused all of this inner turmoil within my mind. And anyone who's not a people pleaser listening right now probably thinks this sounds ridiculous. But again, I want you to listen because I know I'm not alone in this type of thing by a landslide. So it will help you to have this kind of awareness for other people, even if it, even if it, you're not this person. So anyway, the way this relates to mindset is that with many years of intentional work on learning to love the parts of myself that others always made me feel were flaws, I had to find the ability to know that there's nothing wrong with being an introvert, with, with not wanting to have a gym buddy. And I had to overcome this people-pleasing tendency that had grown over the course of my entire life out of fear that I was not enough as a person. And that if I wasn't accommodating, even at the expense of my own wellness and comfort, I'm at a point now where it's weird to say this stuff out loud. And my heart hurts for my old self who thought she was unworthy of saying no in moments like those. But thank goodness I've learned. And in case you're in the, just beginning to learn, it is totally possible to get there. And Hopefully, you have listened to past episodes. I'm going to once again reference the series I did on trauma in the middle of 2020, where uh, I talked about how trauma and our fight, flight, freeze responses are all related. Now, there's another part to this that I left out previously, which is fawning. So, fawning as a trauma response, to put it very simply for now, something traumatic happens, the body's going to respond by fighting. By taking flight, running away, by freezing, or by fawning. Now, fawning can be totally innocent. It can be a way that, or it can be a way that we respond to trauma. And one way is fawning. People-pleasing. When I say that people-pleasing is fear-based, it might not mean that you're fearful in the moment, But it could mean that something traumatic happened to you in the past and how your brain and body have chosen to deal with it subconsciously is by fawning, by exaggerated affection or adoration or people pleasing. Now, there are endless things that can happen in life, but I think I've probably said enough for you to connect the dots with all of that and relate it to your own life if you're a people pleaser or if that happens to be someone that you love. So I also hope that this is not coming across like I'm pointing a finger like, hey, you over there doing the people pleasing, you better stop it because it's not good to be that way. It's not that at all. And I realize it is not that simple. What I am hoping to accomplish is awareness. Because once I simply had the awareness of everything that I'm telling you today, it truly opened a door for me to make changes within myself and my behaviors that made my life easier. It helped me to be nicer to myself. It helped me to find my inner voice, to be comfortable with saying a firm no as a complete sentence when somebody wants to try to twist my arm into some kind of thing that I didn't really want to do. And I stopped caring what the, if anyone would end up being mad if I said no as a complete sentence and it feels so damn good to not care whatsoever if my no hurts someone else's feelings because that is on them. I don't have to carry that weight and that was hard to learn. But once you can learn that, it is so liberating. And I know within myself that if I say no, it's the best decision for me and that's all that matters. The way the other person feels does not matter. No matter how much that little voice that's still in the back of my head might want to still say, "But Kelly, you should feel bad for that. You should feel guilty. You're a horrible person." I've really squat that that voice is really really tiny compared to how it used to be. Now another big reason that I was able to make these mindset changes was when I realized that all of the unhealthy behaviors I had that these were ways of being codependent. And that's not healthy to be codependent, right? People-pleasing is one of them. Codependency means caring so hard that it hurts and making decisions based on what someone else wants or expects. Codependency is putting someone else's needs, wants, problems, feelings ahead of your own. Now, when I realized all of this a few years ago, I also, you know, this also helped me to make the drastic changes that I needed to make in my own behavior in lots of ways. And I'm not done yet. Um, But yes, people pleasing is a codependent behavior. So maybe it sounds, you know, sometimes if you just hear things worded in different ways, it helps things to connect the dots in your head like, oh my gosh, you're right. So I hope this is getting through to somebody out there. In case this is stirring up some new thoughts for you, you might be saying to yourself, but Kelly, I care about everything so deeply that it hurts. Believe me, I get that too. And that's called being an empath. But empaths aren't exactly born that way. We end up being empathic because of a whole lot of trauma. When the body goes through tons of prolonged periods of heightened states of emotions, and having to sense them in others out of a lack of safety, because we're just constantly like this, like a radar searching for safety. And if we can't see it physically, we're going to, our body starts to just be on this high alert 24 seven to find it emotionally. Even if nobody's talking to us, we get really good at truly detecting how others are feeling without them even telling us. And all of that leads to people pleasing too, or it can lead to, lead to people pleasing. So this is exactly what I mean when I say it's fear-based. So being over people-pleasing, being an empath. And if you're a person who has endured a lot of trauma or at, at any kind of point, it's any point in life, it's all intertwined. Another angle is this. You might be listening and thinking to yourself, but what if I really do like to put others first? Okay, now this is a gray area. Does it truly bring you joy though to put others first? Or Do you choose those people-pleasing behaviors all of the time as a default because the fear of behaving otherwise is too great for you to face? So think about that. If someone would have asked me eight to ten years ago if I was a people-pleaser, I am very certain that I'd say, oh, I'm absolutely not a people-pleaser. Oh, but I definitely was. I definitely was very much a people-pleaser. And it caused me a lot of stress and anxiety, inner turmoil, like I said, and a lot of resentment because I didn't have the language for identifying these unsettled, incongruent feelings that I had over my interactions with people. When I was that person, it most definitely had a strong impact on everything relating to fitness, the gym, health, because I constantly felt guilty for making time for those things. The self-talk, that little voice, the voice that they said is little now it was a very big voice back then 90% of the time when i was at the gym and i very much wanted to be there it was loaded with self talk while i was there with it's seemingly uncontrollable thoughts in my head like, you're a terrible person because you, let, you didn't let so-and-so come with you when they asked. You're a terrible person because instead of using this hour at the gym, you should have been replying to that seventh person in your Facebook inbox this week who's asking for free fitness advice or, Kelly, you're a terrible person because you could be spending time with family right now. Look how selfish you are. People-pleasing, codependent, fear-based, trauma responses, all of it. For me personally, I think this stuff developed from the time I was very young. I did not have much confidence as a kid at all. So that lack of confidence meant repeated days of fearing that nobody would like me. And not only that, but feeling like everybody I talked to absolutely hated me. That constant feeling of not being enough simply as I was. And that really did a number on me because it snowballed over the years into everything I just explained to you. Not good, not healthy, but it is so liberating to be free of all of that. And it took work, a lot of work. I had to get brutally honest with myself in a way that I had never been before. And I would not have been able to do that if I had not first found the language through coaches who shared it basically with what I'm sharing with you today. So I truly hope that this gives someone out there the language to, to have the door open to see that even if you're a people pleaser, it doesn't mean you're a bad person for that. People pleasers are quite genuine people. They truly do want to do these things for others. But when it's codependent, putting their feelings comfort or safety behind someone else's expectations, that's when it's harmful. And allow yourself to know that it's not your fault. Nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to be a people pleaser. Overgiving sounds like a great way to spend my energy. (laughs) Obviously, nobody ever says that. Nobody chooses it because it develops from trauma, either big T trauma or little T trauma. It develops from fear, often from childhood experiences, And while nobody chooses it, you can un-choose it as a way to better your life. So that's pretty much it for today. I have put my Patreon on pause for the second month in a row because I've been away for sec- for several weeks. So current supporters, you're not being charged for the last two months. I'm really trying to get back on track while I'm also working a ton more. And I really hate that non-prof- non-profitable work like this podcast, unfortunately, have to get shoved to the back burner sometimes. Of course, my shop is always open. And if you go to fitfizstudio.com, That's my website. The links for everything are there. I don't want anyone to think I'm doing the quote unquote pod fade. I really hate that word so much. Um, I'm not doing a pod fade. I plan to be here for hundreds of episodes. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. Lots more to come on mindset and behavior change. The next one is going to be about perfectionism and procrastination and how they are related. Thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.